is your new World Heavyweight Champion. Cotter. No, welcome back. It's Wednesday. Here we are. It's the top of wrestling. We're ready to go. And I'm excited to talk about this past weekend. We had not one, not two, but three pretty decent size events that happened within different promotions. I watched two out of three of them. And I think Joe's probably at like zero or one out of three. He had a very, very busy weekend. Go Amherst. Uh, I don't even know if they're still in the playoffs or not. We'll get to that. But hey, welcome back. And I am ready to talk about Double or Nothing, the Afternoon of Champions, Martha Hart going two for two with Tony Khan. I'm ready. You're ready. Let's go. ODM. Shambaya. Hala. Cabron ya no bala. Hey, just for you. I'm kind of impressed right now. I was going to try to go through like the whole first verse, but after that first line, I'm like, nope, that's good enough. I was about to be like, could you translate that? What's really funny is I actually thought about going El Good Wrestling Day because I didn't really know how to do it in any. El yeah. Bueno Wrestling. Diaz. Diaz. Okay. Look at that. Buenos Diaz Day Wrestling. Okay. All right. We'll have to try that sometime. That sounds like that, that may work. I'll forget about it. Yep. Hey. Last week was a good show. I liked the the whole punk collision conversation. And it's funny because right before the pay-per-view began, I texted you and I said, if for some reason they close with anarchy in the arena, punk could be showing up. They close with anarchy in the arena. I didn't get what I wanted. But let's get into some of the news. We got a lot of things to talk about. Um, first, get right into... Yeah, just that. CM Punk, the news. Is he back? Yeah, well, it's being reported that all that beef that we previously talked about is non-existent anymore and everything's good, uh, even to the point where Meltzer reported that Ace Steel has been under contract for months, uh, and it was more about whether he was going to be able to be, uh, whether or not Ace Steel was going to be able to be backstage uh, during the collision tapings, you know, and be involved. Uh, it sounds like uh, Steele's contract is going to allow him to work from home. Uh, maybe there's a no bite contract and uh, you know clause in the contract. Uh, I, I don't fucking know, but uh, let's not forget his last uh, TV appearance. He dropped a pretty hard f bomb yeah. while trying to pump Punk up to go fight uh, Moxley. Right. 
Uh, one thing that I did notice in the article from Cultaholic I thought was kind of interesting is that they noted that Punk is set to st- return with a feud with Samoa Joe and then move on to MJF for a world title uh, program. <sighs> Don't force it. Yeah, they're going. I to. feel like that's forcing it. I kind of if you're when you bring Punk back, if you're not like I said it, if you're not going to do anything with the Elite, get him into a real good program. And while I'm okay with MJF, I kind of think Punk needs something fresh first before he goes into. And Joe, it's not really fresh to me. I think we're going to get to see some. It's not fresh. throwback wrestling. Sure. I mean, you said Powerhouse Hobbs. I even you know mentioned Miro. Could be either one of them, you know, and I'd be okay with it before him going for MJF. And that's me being a Punk fan. Right. I mean, it really should be the young guys because he should be able to offer that expertise. You know yeah. what I mean? He really should be. It's not just about putting guys over. It's about giving these guys some fucking training. And we've said it from day one. Powerhouse Hobbs has a lot of potential. Granted, they fucking have floundered that multiple times. Um, did you make a trip to see Pablo Escobar before you started the podcast or just your allergies really bad? Yeah, it's my allergies, man. It's fucking New York, Pablo Escobar. That's a good one, man. I'm over here dying. I had to like <laughs> secretly go off camera to just to grab a tissue, man. And now you're over here calling it out. Wow. That's all right. I called out the wheeziness last week. We're fair. Exactly. <laughs> Sniffy professor. I don't know. Man, you remember the first season when it, when I was in Fresno, I was Dying I do remember when, that one. Yeah, when that spring hit, I was like, "So this week on AEW Dynamite, as well as NXT, it was horrible. I couldn't deal with it." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so I mean, it sounds like everything's good. They definitely announced that it's going to be in Chicago, the first collision at the United Center. So, uh, still which gives you that, the sign that he's back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, we'll wait and see. Like I said, I think you and I are kind of just not the worst our thing up. I can ever find is stupid clickbait on even a wrestling website. Sure. Like Wrestling Inc. I trust them. I, that's my go-to, man. PWN. But then when it says, Tony Khan addresses CM Punk at the media scrum. Oh. Okay. Click. When asked about CM Punk returning for AEW Collision. He said, I have no comment. I won't comment on that, on that at this time. Sounds about right. That's not commenting on it. That's not addressing it. Yeah. So uh, it's funny because I'll wake up in the morning and I'll get Twitter alerts from fucking what culture or no? What's the other shit bag one? Wrestle Talk. That place. That that, that they suck. They are the oh, clickbaitiest yeah. of the clickbaity. And it's funny because I'll click the notification. It takes me to Twitter and I look at the first comment. The first comment says, "Here's the answer. Saved you a click." Somebody <laughs> always is like, "Don't bother clicking on it," because it is always. I will say. That. I, I will say. Uh, do you ever find, are you on any wrestling Facebook groups? No, just ours. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I have Actually, to be wow. so I can promote. Sure. And some of these things, people put up fake images mm-hmm. of like, like it was like a week before WrestleMania and they had a picture of Cody holding the title and they're like, he beat Roman, right? Like people do fake ones like that. Someone got me because I was scrolling through Facebook a little bit before I ended up watching Afternoon of Champions and they showed Mustafa Ali holding the Intercontinental Championship. I go, he beat Gunther? <laughs> like, but I was still scrolling real quick. I watched that match for nothing. Because <laughs> Gunther won. Um, By the way, when did it go from Mustafa Ali to his name is Mustafa Ali? Mustafa. It's either a Vince thing or a writer's thing. 
Or have I just been saying it wrong this whole time? Both. Who knows? Who cares? Okay. What else you got? I don't know. What are we even talking about? Well, you sent me a message. you. <laughs> God damn it. There it is. Watermelon. Anyway, uh, you sent me a message yesterday about Claudio Castagnoli and a prediction. I said watermelon. God damn it. I'm, I'm trying. Claudio Castagnoli will be making his NJPW debut, as I called. So, call. dude, I think he's going to fit in great there. Hopefully we can see a decent match of his without him being caught up in the whole BCC thing and, you know, not really being utilized to his full potential. I think if nothing else, if nothing else, it's going to be a good match. Oh, wait, he's probably going to tag with Moxley. No, it's not. It's going to suck. It's going to be a bloodbath. Probably. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because have you seen the screenshots from AEW Fight Forever, which is uh, planning to be released uh, actually about a month from today? Uh, have you seen any of the screenshots? Yeah, it looked like John Moxley was in charge of the blood slot, uh, the blood side creative of everything. Because yeah, it reminded me of Carrie, you know, <laughs> but both the intro scene and the and the last scene, uh, or not the last scene, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. Uh, it's great because I saw a meme online where somebody pointed this out. There's It's a match between like Sheeta and Britt Baker. There is blood. Ev- you don't see this much at blood at UFC fights. There is blood everywhere. And the it's Rich Knox or Rick Knox, whatever. And he's just looking the other way. And somebody's like, yeah, so it's really just like an AEW match. It's an AEW wrestling. This is really authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear that the entrances stop at the ramp it's not a full thing like like uh 2k and wrestling like that it's it's gonna be like you see him at the top of the entrance ramp right there next people come out yeah it's kind of the old arcade style yeah i guess you could just put in an option to skip it like 2k does yeah, well, you know what it is? They're like, well, it's going to take another year to get all the entrances done. Pretty well, much. we've already delayed this thing forever. <laughs> no pun intended. So, yeah, that's that's hysterical. I did see the, it was just, yeah, it looked like something else was going on between both women in that match. And that Rick Knox like, I'm not dealing with it. That was my carry reference. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Okay. Anyway. Got one more you piece of dick. <laughs> You dick, that wasn't even me. People are going to think that was me, and it wasn't, you asshole. I'm over here holding them back, wiping my face. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, I wish we had a sniff counter. Anyway, there's only one more piece of music. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is uh, Hot Shots Part 2. More killings than any movie ever. But what? More ding, sniffs ding, than ding, any show ding, ever. Ding. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Grace uh, apparently is done with Impact. She lost uh, her most recent title match the other day. Uh, was it Rebellion? Uh, it was one of the Impact. Uh, under Siege. Yeah, Under Siege. Whatever. Uh, it's like that really awesome uh, Steven Seagal. Movie. Yeah, sorry, where the chick pops out of the birthday cake. Best scene ever. Um, so, yeah, apparently she's uh, going to take some time off. She's already been... The reports are she's been reached out to by several promotions and some indie promotions, uh, but it sounds like she's going to you know take some time away from wrestling, but said she would be back at some point. Um, I mean, I don't see why she needs to. Her fucking OnlyFans or whatever the fuck she does has made her a millionaire legit. Like, she's a millionaire now because of that, so why would you wrestle? Fuck. 
Now that is a heck of a transition. <clears throat> Speaking of OnlyFans. <laughs> Let's talk about our man Buster. Go ahead. I mean, I don't want to kayfabe too much, but uh, Buster uh, was very forth, uh, forthcoming and said he had to earn his keep, and he did so by providing some links to uh, a recent shoot with Mandy Rose and Paige Van Zandt. Yep. At and, and, <laughs> way, way to bring that back. And uh, just some pictures of just Paige. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. Look at we didn't have a whole lot in uh I'm having the like the worst day over here. I'm having allergy issues. I'm having phone issues. Man, I can't wait. Let's just get this shit underway. Um I only have one thing I gotta bring up and about this past week, because everything is mainly about the the sh- the big pay-per-views that happened. But the match uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, not the match, the promo between Jericho, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I'll say to you, right now, what I said to you on in text, for wrestlers I did not think were showing up in AEW in 2023, I'll take Sabu, please. Like, no way. No way. It's funny because... Buster actually uh, sent me a text. Uh, or no, 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 no. It wasn't Buster. My apologies. Wow. Okay, Fabel. Little John. I sent him a message saying something about Sabu as well. And he, and he said, wow, thanks for the spoiler, Nightwing. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, uh, he goes, I owe you one. And, they, and I was like, feel free to spoil the afternoon of champions. <laughs> but go back and watch the promo with Adam Cole as he is starting to say the the geriatric, the senile, the pooped in his diaper, sab- no, no the, the homicidal, genocidal, right? That As he's doing it, Roddy is mouthing every fucking word, waiting for the word Sabu, so he could go, yeah, and throw his arms in the air. That's it. But I'm watching him. He's his. He looks so just like he's looking over at Adam, and he's like just mimicking. He's like, so it's like a, so it's like a Sid promo from back in the day. It is. It's funny because. I don't, I think I've said this to you, maybe or maybe not. Um, Will Smith was well known for that on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you go back and watch some of the earlier episodes, really? he's known for having, because he had to remember everybody's lines, and he's there mouthing a lot of people's lines. Ah. Yeah, kind of random. But once I saw him doing it, I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was great. Uh, the only other thing that I thought was great out of uh, this past week was on Raw, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch had a promo in the ring. I sent you a, a picture of Becky and her sunglasses, and I go, I oddly need these, even though I it, I secretly hate them. Um, but did you hear what Becky said to Trish? Uh, might you be referring to the woof woof line? 
Yeah. Where she said, I'm going to embarrass you worse than the time that you were crawling on your hands and knees or whatever. And then at the end, she says, woof, woof, bitch. And Trish flips the table and walks out looking real pissed. I think she sold it. There's no way Becky went off script. You know what I mean? But when you go back and watch their video promo before their match at Afternoon Champions, the... It shows Becky saying something else, not wearing those glasses, but it shows Trish flipping the table. And I was, I was, they, they stayed away from the woof woof comment in the promo. I don't think that it was, I think they were trying to make it look like it was a shoot. It's a work shoot on that wording. You know what I mean? There's no way that Trish of all people would allow someone like Becky. It's funny when people are like, you know, if you look at your Mount Rushmore, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Trish Stratish. Charlotte Flair. Everybody gives Becky a lot of, a lot more praise than I think she should have. Agreed. She definitely got over for that brief period with the initial run of the man, but after that, it petered out, and uh, it's kind of just been. It's, you know, it's fucking hilarious. She's become the female Seth Rollins. Totally. That's wow. That's kind of funny. Ha ha! You marry me, and I'll show you how to <laughs> baby. Um. Actually, there's a, it's for sure that she didn't do the promo in an asshole way because I forgot that Trish said, I was number one when I came in this place and I didn't need to get a broken nose to get there. Referring to nice. that's what really got you over. You know what I mean? Like it's She was on her way up at that exact moment, mm. then got the broken nose and it just, it was like putting the gas pedal down completely. I think she fizzled out right when she did not pin Ronda Rousey for the title. I'm sorry, at WrestleMania 35 right there. I was like, eh? And then right after that, they had her tagging with Seth against uh, the fucking Mayberry chick. Uh, No, the one that uh, looked like she was always going to the Kentucky Derby. Lacey Um, Evans. Thank you. She's still around, apparently. Jeez, thank God. Um, so anyway, those were the two things that happened out of the week that I thought were interesting. Now let's get to the shows. Um, I really have nothing to really give about the NXT battleground. I put it, it in there just important. for the shit of it. Sure. Um, I did hear that the Dragon Off and Dijak last man standing match was pretty sick. So I may actually Correct. go back and take a look at that. Agreed. Uh, but this was, I mean, look at, you could, you know, NXT is not exactly a, Major brand, right? But this ran head to head, both start time with double or nothing, 8 p.m. for both shows. I, nothing has done that seriously since the Clash of Champions and WrestleMania. No, not WrestleMania. It was, uh, yeah, WrestleMania and the Clash of Champions. Yeah, and here's the thing I, I, I would think that double or nothing probably got more views. Totally. But I wouldn't be surprised if NXT beat him. <laughs> well, I know TK's never going to admit that. Because no. do you want to know what that motherfucker, you want to hear what that silly motherfucker said during the media scrum? I could say that this last year has been our best year ever. I'm like, okay, please refer to last episode that I said to you. Ever since Brawl Out, everything has meant nothing right now. Everyone's just waiting. It's it, you haven't whatever you've done. It's like oh oh yeah you're right. Uh, the FTR does have the tag team titles. Okay, 
Look, we failed to mention last week that Mark Briscoe was going to be the special referee. Yeah. That's how just random the show is getting. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I forgot. There's this stipulation and this stipulation. They used to have just fucking wrestling matches. Imagine that. I'll digress on that. Yeah. But uh, afternoon champions. Look, at if you want to say that Roman Reigns is the champion on SmackDown and we are going to be crowning a new world champion that will be on Raw. And then you open Afternoon of Champions with it. You just made that as equal to or less than the Intercontinental Championship, the U.S. Championship. Shit. Whatever other championships they have there. That just meant nothing. Fine. Seth will uh, defend it every week, right? And he'll take on all challengers. (laughs) And, And who gives a fuck? Because it means nothing. Because no one beat Roman. They should have split those titles. He they should have just been like, well, I've had this one the longest since whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Which is the Universal Championship. Keep being the Universal Championship. Put the WWE title over. Oh, that's the problem. Is that they want to have Roman with the lineage of WWE champion, right? Whatever they're doing, they should have just dropped one of the titles. Have him be one. And it's, either way. But you opened the show with this. Putting both guys in a I don't want to win situation if I were that. I'm I'm sure Seth was like, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got it. But poor AJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think AJ knows what he's doing. He's probably happy with it, so it's all good. Triple H presents the title to uh, Seth and actually puts it on his waist. And then he goes through the motions of wearing it on his shoulder, putting it above his head. I'm like, yep, do all the things you can to get all the pictures set, set up right here so we have the new world championship established. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the earlier mentioned uh, Trish Stratus, she defeated Becky Lynch uh, by, you know, cheating because Zoe Stark interfered. Again, I'll take someone I had no idea was going to be... Getting involved, you know, you know I, no idea. They definitely see her as a big deal. I'm guessing that this is going to be the next program again, just to work with a pro, you know, a vet, and uh, get your legs under you on the main roster. I will say, if you haven't seen it, watch what she does to Becky. This is my first time really paying attention to Zoe Stark, and her move was like a modified, like going into a. It was like a suplex into a GTS kind of thing. Like she flipped the girl around and gave her like a, a knee to the face and then rolled her back into the ring. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Because it's not like you just hit her from behind, threw her in the ring, and now you're just another lackey. You're right. It looks like a program. I'm I'm for that. I like that. Right. Um, Gunther did uh, defeat Moose to Fa Ali for the Intercontinental Championship. Asuka defeated Bianca Belair. Yeah, oh, well, you know, two months too late, but I'll take it. Right. Um, did you know Oscar's heel? <laughs> How she did it was cool. She'd already spit the mist, and I think she missed or or yeah, right anyway. Missed with the mist. Uh, yeah, but she still had the shit in her mouth, right? Like the the blood or whatever, or not the blood, the the mist or whatever. Yeah. And she put her fingers in her mouth and then just smeared it in. Uh, Bianca's eyes as Bianca was going for her, was it the KDS or whatever she calls it? KOD. KOD. Um, making her blinded, Asuka gets a couple kicks to the head. Asuka wins. Underwhelming random, 
but the crowd at least had a decent pop for it. One thing I like, God damn it, there's very few things I like about a good Saudi Arabia show, or about any Saudi Arabia show, really, but at least they stick to a solid boo or a solid yay. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it. they hated Brock Lesnar there. They were all Cody. They they were kind of split with the Oscar Bianco match, but like they, they stayed to one side. It's kind of, I, it's refreshing instead of it being 50, 50. And you know what I mean? I, I don't always need the crowd fighting for let's go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I no reported deaths that I heard from any fans getting unruly. Um, Rhea Ripley depa- uh, detained, detained, retained, <laughs> was detained. Uh, no, she, Retained against Natalia. Yeah, as a squash. Did you see uh, Dominic jump into her arms afterwards? Yes. Bro, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. And she held him like he's a little baby and then bent forward while holding said fucking 185-pound baby, leaning into Natalia while holding him on the hips. Still stands back up. Walk. I go, this is the greatest thing that I didn't even know was going to happen. And it's funny because... It started with her just beating his ass. You know what I mean? Like before joining the Judgment Day, all that stuff. Like she actually right. beat him up a couple of times, and now it's led to this. Now it's the, uh, she's my mommy shirt. They, it's it's hysterical. I love it all. You know, it's funny. His name is Dom when he's really a sub. Has anybody made that correlation before? <laughs> That's a wow. A Dom or a sub? Hmm. That's. I like that. That's interesting. And you know what's funny is that it's not the first time that we're going to be talking about, or not the last time we're talking about Dominic today. And he wasn't even at the other show. Right. <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar tapped out Cody Rhodes, evening the, the uh, feud. I knew that was going to happen. Pretty much. Let's see. Next one. Mm, I'm going to take a bet on this. Last man standing. Well, it's funny because their WWE is referring to it as a broken arm. So oh. like uh, like you're not. It's gonna be interesting to see where they go. Uh, because Which you don't want to do that to him. He just was out with an injury for however right, long. Right, right. And you've already played on the okay. His arm is injured or broken or whatever, and he had the match with Lesnar, and that ended up being the deciding factor. You don't really want to do that for the third match. Right. And he already came in with a cast on his arm right. too, and it's funny because. Like, they played it so stupid. Like, Cody didn't know heading into the match that was already a no-DQ match that he could probably use this fucking cast. And it was, like, fucking 10 minutes in the match. He hits him with it, and they go, Cody now just realizing that he could hit, he can actually use this cast. And I go, wait a minute, look like a dumbass. Right? But... Wait, that's that's not plastic. No, that's titanium. That is a titanium cast, Corey. Really? I was like, get the fuck out of here that he's hitting him with titanium and Brock is just like taking each shot like it was a punch to the the face. It's Lex Luger's forearm. Oh, my God. I I did like that a little bit. I believed it enough that you could. I don't know. Maybe I'll try and break my arm, see if I can get some titanium or something in there and see. Makes a difference. He's going to get balsa wood. (laughs) um okay they didn't open or they opened with the world title so they closed with roman naturally and it is his 1000th day as your champion which is funny he's actually 1000 with the universal and like 
three something, like probably three sixty five seven or whatever right. for the other title. Anyway, I, uh, bro, as you heard in the intro, Sammy Zayn comes out in the full white garb. And it's funny, people are like, yo, he looks like Ginger Jesus. Everybody was putting on uh, online, I was seeing it. Was... And in one of the coolest moves, man, I haven't heard Paul Heyman do an intro in a minute. He hasn't done them, I feel like, in, a, in quite some time. He he lets the the uh, announcer take care of it. Yep. Which, by the way, I got to say, I'm so effing glad that Justin Roberts has stopped the long I'm so glad that's over. Hopefully it's only when he's the champion. The because that, yes, thank you. But back to that match. Paul Heyman does his intro. And what was reasoning perfect for that is that Sammy takes the mic and he's going to introduce him and Kevin Owens. Sammy does it. In full Arabic. Mm-hmm. Crowd is losing their fucking mind. Even right now, no bullshit. I just got chills. I was like, yo, I said the dude peaked at WrestleMania. That just went up for me, man. That was really cool. And even more that they retained the titles too. I was like, oh, they're keeping this going. They did a backstage promo, by the way. Owens was flubbing his lines left and right. Like he was like stumbling over his words and he was trying to talk. Oh, because, um, Sammy said something like, you know, if we win tonight, uh, or if we happen to lose these titles, and he's like, no, why would you say that? But then he went to, like, confront him about it and was, like, just stepping on words earlier than he should have. It was just, it was a mess. Which is crazy, because Steen's always been great in the mic. So for him to do that, I was more like, I'm like, eh, whatever. They probably were like, hey, we got a couple minutes. You guys want to do this real quick? (laughs) Bro. Couple parts. I haven't seen this move done properly and correctly the right way since CM Punk did a go to sleep on The Undertaker. Undertaker bounced off the rope. Oh, no, no. Yes, Undertaker bounced right off the ropes, grabs him real quick, puts him into a tombstone. In this match, Kevin Owens gives a stunner to Roman, and as he falls backwards, he bounces off the ropes and bam, hits him with a spear. And I was like, oh, shit. That, I wasn't ready for that. That was a great setup, how it was done. I haven't seen that done in a long time. If, it, if it's happened, by the way, correct me, please, Buster or anybody else, but I haven't seen it done like that. I mean, I popped for it. Now, we have said that Jay Uso has been a character, right? Not like a funny character, like, you know, a clown. He is, like, actually, like, he's established himself outside of the Usos mm-hmm. as just 100%. one of the twins. Yep. You now know who each one is. It took me years to figure that shit out. I was like, I think the one with the tattoo on his arm, like, it took a long time. Now I can actually look quick at the face and know. Right. Hairstyles make a difference, by the way. Well, definitely. Helps. Plus, plus Jay's giant grill, mm-hmm. which I'm not necessarily a fan of, but anyway. So Jay and Jimmy come out and they're protecting the or they're, they're protecting the bloodline, and Roman gets in Jay uh, Jimmy's face first and shoves him right in the head, pushing him backwards, and then goes over to Jay and Jay touches him real quick and is like, "Yo, calm down, Chief. Yo, it's all good, man." And he goes, "Did you just touch me?" 
I always touch you, man. Yo, we, we blood, man. Get out of here. Get out of my ring. Shoves Jay and then pop. Man, the crowd went nuts. It's not as good as when Sammy hit Roman and turned, but dear God, it was a good second for what that arena had to give. Because, they, I mean, it was a much, much bigger arena at Royal Rumble, I feel like. Saudi Arabia, I feel like this was a smaller... They're like, it's in a dome, but I felt like it was not many people there versus normal. But crowd lost their mind when Jimmy did it. And what I liked the most is as Roman was um, laying there, they had just a zoom in on Jimmy. He didn't even move his hair or anything. He just sat there just staring. And, and like, he couldn't even almost believe he did it. But also, he's glad that he stood up for himself. And now, Jay, what did you do, Oos? Why'd you do that? I'm like, wow. Now we're really making this. Okay, I didn't expect that. Because I thought maybe he would join him eventually, right? Right. As Roman pops back up to his knees, I really thought Jay was going to be a part of it, but he didn't. Jimmy goes, you ain't going to do it. I'm going to do what you should have done a long time ago. Pushes Jay back and gives Roman another super kick while he's on his knees. And as he rolls out of the ring... Man, and I again, chills, one more. One of the coolest moments was watching Jimmy just go, oh, oh, like, like letting frustration out. He played the part. Um, God, I, like letting the frustration out. When I'm saying that part, I got, I, I can't even, uh, he played his part very, very, very well. And then pushing Jay out of the ring. Yo, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. My favorite part is as he's trying to push him away, he's like, but I got to check out Roman, man. He's hurt. <laughs> Jay's, you know, acting like that. We got to go. And as the camera pans away, I have to try to reenact this. This was some funny shit. You hear Jay go, Joe! Not Roman. Called him Joe. Going that breaking the fourth wall. Ah. Like, oh my God, my cousin. And he does a, it was a high-pitched scream like Brock Lesnar does, right? Of him saying, Joe, just real quick. And that's the last time that you hear anything from them, right? And then Sammy and Kevin get shit done and they pin uh, Solo. I loved it. I, it. Dude, it still is going. The bloodline is about to take two to three years straight of being the best thing going in wrestling. MJF could have been. Right. I really, really, really think MJF could have had a good run if after the fire me, you fucking Mark, he didn't go away for three months. Mm-hmm. I get the storyline wise of having him go away and you had to call him back, but he was hot right there. And he was also hot off of that CM Punk feud. And now CM Punk just won the title at double or nothing. Should have have him go away. We were like, oh, perfect time. Here we go. Continue that feud. MJF could have been as big. He is nowhere near the heel as even Dominic Mysterio. Dominic gets more goddamn booze than MJF. That's true. I mean, he's too. MJF is just too entertaining to. Uh, but he brings it back every time. You know, he'll embrace it and then just spit in everybody's face. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, there is that live girl that uh, while he was getting head, you know, that he killed her in the car and put her <laughs> lifeless body in the front seat. There was that moment. But see, we all marked out and loved it more than we were like, good heel shit. He hasn't done anything heel heel in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think this has got to be the final act for the bloodline. I mean, kind of start sending everybody their own way, and you can do that with the Usos or just uh, Jay. 
And, you know, Roman can still do his thing and Solo can kind of either stay with Roman, you know. So I think next match, instead of going Roman and Solo versus the Usos directly, they may do it. They probably will. I think what you do is you have a three-way tag team title match. Yeah, you could do that. Gets you a little more dissension. Everybody could still try to turn and fight with uh, Sammy and Owens, right? And be like, but at the same point, they want the title. So you can have like a whole flow of uh, emotions in just one match. Right. And those guys could still retain the titles, but it furthers this. And then you can have the official two-on-two match, which at this point now, it's helping Roman to keep the world championship longer too. I'd almost keep the a tag team feud going with this because mm-hmm. it's the inevitable that they're trying to break records with his championship reign right now. Right. So putting him in a tag team feud with the Usos and Solo, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Now the bloodline has ex- is imploded, but it's still technically the bloodline feud, right? It's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this has been going since Jesus when Jay and Roman had their matches all the way back at like Hell in a Cell and all that shit. We're, we're talking two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good it's been shit. a hell of a run. I can't say enough about it, to be honest with you. I actually like that it, it just, it's the only thing I really look forward to tuning into when it comes to WWE. Pretty and much. they just ruined everything with that new championship, like I said. So you gave me no reason to even pay attention to Raw. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for making it actually real easy <laughs> to make that choice. Very straightforward. Okay, um, full disclosure, I started uh, Double or Nothing a little late, but I was able to rewind, and I ended up uh, getting to the pre-show. And I got to see, first, it was the Hardy Party, which was now Hook replacing Isaiah Cassidy, who was injured. And they defeated the Guns and Ethan Page, and now they have control of Ethan Page's contract. Again, some real Dixie Carter shit. After that match was over. Oh, wait, no. What, what did Jeff hit? I need you to say this. Jeff hit the uh, triple Lindy Santan. Did you see that? Did what, you happen to remember seeing that? I, I didn't. I honestly wasn't paying attention to the match. He, um, I was getting situated, and I let it go, and I heard the bell ring, but I didn't see the finish. Oh, well, you have to look this up on break. Uh, he jumps up. He's facing the turnbuckle. He spring, he jumps all the way to the top turnbuckle, almost like he's going to do uh, like a moonsault, you know, back to okay. the ring. Uh, but he slipped, and he hit about all the ropes on his way back down to the mat. So that's why I saw a thing this morning that said fans are concerned for Jeff Hardy's well-being I, after Double or Nothing. I go, is this a repeat? Because last it year was been, the exact I, event I mean, that he... I'm sure it was a slip. I'm sure. I mean, yes. it's in Vegas. The humidity alone. I mean, I'm sure it's an air-conditioned arena, but still, whatever. Um, I think it's hysterical because I because last year, Double or Nothing is where we were like, yo, is he high? Is he drunk? And, right? And then when I read that, I was like, well, that's two years straight that that's happening. You know who else went two years straight was Tony Khan and Martha Hart. Um, Bro. Bro, okay. She comes back out in her hat. Renee Paquette is interviewing her. It, this was one of the most confusing. And remember, we said, oh, well, you're supposed to start it at double or nothing, and you're not. Ha ha. You're here. 
Someone must have been listening to us last week. Like, shit, we got to shoehorn this one in because they haven't talked about it at all. And then all of a sudden during the pre-show, they're like, we're going to be doing the Owen Hart uh, thing coming up soon. I'm like, you have 25 minutes left. What are you having an opening match? No, no match. Just the announcement, which was, again, confusing because Martha was like, it's going to begin in Toronto and then it's going to. Tonight is the beginning of the Owen Hart Cup. It's going to begin in Toronto. It's going to end in Calgary. It was just kind of confusing how she did it. Okay. Before I get to what she said, one of the funniest things I read this morning is Tony Khan feeling very high on the chance of getting Jushin Thunderlegger, a Canadian, to be a part of the uh, Owen Hart Cup. Go ahead. Say it. I know what you're already thinking. Jushin Thunderlegger. Yes. Uh, why? Isn't he like 80? Even more so, retired in 2020. Yes. Yes. It's about as good as Nikki Bella can't wait to hear Vader's speech. And he's like, I'm very high on getting JTL to be a part of the thing. And I'm like, uh, bro, you have a better chance of getting, you know, someone else yeah. like and that's why? You know, still wrestling. Why? Why would you do that? Just stop. Dude, fucking, you have last a- year was enough. Last year was enough to see what this Ugh, was. It was. They so have the championships terrible. back out, the same stupid looking titles. Martha made my night so happy. The reason I wasn't really paying attention to the end of the Hardys, I was kind of preparing some uh, fresh chicken nuggets that uh, I got, and I just that day I was excited. Synced up in perfect timing to listen to Martha Hart talk because she has her Kentucky Derby hat on, and she decides to reference it. What I had said to you, I sent it to you recently, that in next year I hope everybody's wearing this hat. She goes, and I know that last year I told you all that we should all be wearing a, a very fancy hat. I go, oh my God, she's referencing it. Yes, 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 this is gold. Where are we going with it? She goes, but this time we're going to switch it up and we're going to get a little gangster. Yeah, let that sink in. Gangster. She said gangster. And then, oh my God, hang on. I have it written in my notes, the exact wording that she ends up saying. Um, This year, we are going to be, it's going to be cowboys, not a derby. It's, it's, this year is we're going gangster, but it's cowboys. Like cowboys and, I don't know, Indians? I don't fucking know, man. It's it's cowboy. She said it's going to be a cowboy kind of thing. Because when you're in Calgary, it is that kind of Canadian stampede oh, yeah, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Fine. And I was like, eh, okay. And then, if they couldn't do it just with her mentioning last year, we doubled down with Tony Khan coming out wearing... Did not look like a goddamn cowboy hat. To me, it looked like a pilgrim hat. It was kind of like- weird... Yeah, he kind of looked like Father Guido Sarducci. <laughs> Dude. Then he gave the hug with the face. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. I like that we both just did it. I wish we could have screenshotted that shit. We need an intern to sit here and screenshot good shit like right? that for us. But, and that's, it's goddamn, and that's why I'm pretty sure that's why our logo is what it is this week because it just, I couldn't. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh my god! So 
Now I know that the pay-per-view is about to get kicking off here. A good way to use the rest of your... Uh, oh, God, man. 10, 13 minutes of your pre-show? Show us every entrance of the Battle Royal contestants that are going to be in Orange Cassidy's match. I kind of half dig it because most people are going to watch the buy-in, right, um, if they're watching us. And you're not just going, all right, well, let's play some dynamite music and everybody just start walking in an order in the ring. Like you, like we're all a bunch of friends in order. Like they're standing in a line backstage next to each other, right? right. Now we're going to go out and be enemies. I like at least give them all their own entrance to come out. It was something at least a little bit better. Made each person a little more established. You know who's coming into the match. Personally, just whatever. Right. Yeah, but, that's not, yeah not bad. Yeah, well, we knew it was going to happen. We knew Orange was going to win. And this douchebag beat 20 other guys. I will say that uh, this Dingleberry in the media scrum said, I, I feel like I'm far from the best in the world. Well, thank you. We, we didn't need you to say so it, but that's modest. okay. So modest. But he challenged Zack Sabre Jr. for probably Forbidden Door. Great. Yeah. Great use of him, too. Up next, we get the Adam Cole, Chris Jericho unsanctioned match. Sabu comes to the ring with Roddy and Adam Cole. They fight with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And then they go away after like two minutes and they're like, okay, now the match is one-on-one. I'm like, so none of this needed to happen. Okay, thank you. Just want to be sure. And, of course, you knew that, you know, Britt, Soraya, they were going to get involved, as did. And Adam Cole won. Dude, there was no doubt in my mind that Adam Cole, you know, was going to, there's no way he was losing this match. Not his first real big match batch. Yeah, back. Was what it was. Whatever. I don't care. I really do. I, I did not care about this match in any way possible. Jericho bores the balls out of me. Yeah, Sabu went through a table for some fucking unknown reason. Okay, that was actually pretty decent. I forgot about that. He did he his part it. where he jumps up to the second rope only and flips his body. I thought he, it looks like he trips almost, but he's not. He, he goes up to the second rope and just tilts his body right over and kind of sentons right onto the table. And I think he did it to ooh, Parker, maybe? One of the Jericho yeah, Appreciation the Societies, teachers. obviously. Yeah, exactly. I was kind of hoping when they had all these guys coming out and they were still outnumbered, I was like, come on, Kyle O'Reilly. I was kind of really hoping for it, but he didn't show up. Yeah. FTR. They took on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. And Mark Briscoe gets knocked out at some point, as I knew it was going to happen because they... You have to make the, he has to choose a side between both people, right? No, I knew your brother. No, I knew your brother. Anyway, as he is knocked down, the only referee that is usually okay to get up after these hits in any other match, for some reason, lays down like he's never been hit before. Anyway, Aubrey Edwards returns (laughs) wearing, bro, she's got to stop with the makeup. She, it reminds me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, The Nightman Cometh, when 
Mac is wearing the black eye thing, and he it's that's what it reminds me of. Except hers bright fucking orange. And she takes a guitar shot to the head. That horse head took a hit from Karen Jarrett, of all people. And here's something I bet you Aubrey wasn't ready for. The second hit. Karen right. goes to like throw the guitar down. You generally don't throw it on the person when they're on their back. You know what I mean? It should be thrown to the side directly right on top of Aubrey's back. Like it's just hard too. And I was like, I, I can guarantee that part hurt for sure. Because when you're laying there and you're like, okay, my part's done. I'm motionless. I could just be pop. Yeah. I had to hurt. <laughs> <coughs> right. She went. Yeah. <laughs> so I put that in there just so you could do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, in a match that we knew it was going to be, Wardlow defeated Christian Cage. Um, man, it's funny. Wardlow thinks he's Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he did the senton on the, off the top rope onto a ladder. It looked like it hurt. I had only one minor gripe with this match. One. And it was when Wardlow kind of spine busters him mm. onto the uh, uh, the ladder. Jer- or, or Christian kind of slides down because it was uh, tilted in the corner at the turnbuckle. He starts sliding down, and Christian just puts his body back up on it. And I'm like, uh, don't set yourself up for it. I, the one thing I absolutely hate is when someone is laying in the ring and someone's going to go to the top rope. They're like, oh, hang on. Let me get my body yeah, completely they literally in the area you need. Position, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. You, and if that guy can't hit that move from other angles of where you're laying, don't go for that move. Pretty straightforward. Unless he's going to pick you up and body slam you the way that some guys used to. You body slam him in, in position. position. Yep. Do that. Um. Was the TBS title before uh, the women's title? No, that's true. So the women's title match, Tony Storm <clears throat> squashed Jamie Hayter. Like, Jamie got very, very little uh, offense in. They jumped her from the start. The outcast beating the fuck out of her. She got very little offense in. Tony won the match within like six minutes. Yeah, it was all on purpose. They were actually afraid that Hater wouldn't even be able to wrestle the match. Is she she's, injured she's, in real she's life? She's legit injured. She's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah. So they. So oh, that's okay. why. That's why the match was done that way because there was no way she could compete. Like she. She's. Well, kudos she to her able, then because yeah. I'm. I'm kind of impressed that she even right. did that. Right. Again, much like. Uh. uh Bacha's Monet. What what did I call her last week? Yeah, anyway. Close enough. Jumping back in the ring like eight seconds after breaking your ankle. Impressive. So the fact that she went out and still did work, she did the job, I'm I'm impressed. But also kind of goes to Punk's thing. They asked me to work when I was injured. Kind of makes you think. Shit. But after that one, we then get into a House of Black rules match so you get 20 second count and there's black dark squiggly lines all across the thing and you if you're on drugs this makes this either good or bad one or the other it's and if you're not on drugs it's just really shitty to look at it looks like you're under an aquarium in a weird way uh or like like a you ever seen the movie mermaids share uh 
Winona Ryder, Christina Ricci? No. Okay, either way. They make this little lamp that you put in the center of the room, and when you turn the lights off, it looks like you're underwater and things are swimming wow. around, right? Right? Same exact thing as what that looks like. And I was like, eh. But I will say, do you know what I do like? Darkening the crowd and just having the, the light that they have on, it, it brings me back to your old Boston Garden or Madison Square Garden things. It was dark. You barely saw the crowd. It was just the dark thing. Light it up during the entrances. Light it up when the match is over, but have the focus right there. Mm-hmm. Crowd's too much focus on you guys. And as much as I like to be having the focus the center attention on me as much as I can, keep That's it why on we wrestlers. do this podcast. Yeah. You <laughs> I'm doing the bear heart thing. <laughs> um, best part is on the way to the ring. I had to write these down here. Uh, Max Caster had a couple of good lines. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Give me. Uh, okay. I'll go back to okay. something in a minute, but acclaimed uh, Max Caster. Yo, why is Malachi getting away with blackface? Pretty funny. Um, buddy. You're being cucked by a man named Dominic. God, it was awesome. I didn't expect that one. Crowd popped for that. Uh, but, of course, they win. I got to say, man, and it's the acclaimed with Billy Gunn. How is Billy Gunn better now than he was in 1998? I'm watching his shit in 98 with you right now, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Him right now, he looks good. I'm like, put a title on him. Fucking put the TNT title on him. I don't give a shit. You give it to everybody else anyway. Give it to him. Yeah, shit, you might as well at this point. If you want like that nostalgia act, fucking might as well run with it. So I got to go back to a, a couple matches back, that Wardlow match. Arn Anderson was pretty heavily involved with this, as was Luchasaurus. Arn Anderson was being choked by Luchasaurus, like he was going to go for the choke slam. I thought Arm was going to do the fake gun thing, and I was like, I swear to God, if he does, I'm just turning the pay-per-view off. But Arn bit off part of Luchasaurus's thumb. Yeah. What's crazy is that if you look at it just right, the blood capsule was not probably in uh, Arn's mouth. To make the blood happen, I bet you they taped it on his thumb, and he just bit it so that it looks like the blood's dripping down. They made it look like half of his thumb is fucking missing now from Arn Anderson biting it off. And then they zoom in on him later on Arn sitting in the corner, and it's the blackest, darkest, fucking shittiest blood I've ever seen dried. I'm like, that's not, that's not blood. That's that's fake. It was horrible. I was like, oh my god. It was, yeah. Want to bring, want to bring that up. It reminded me of when Shayna Baszler all of a sudden was like, fuck it, I'm eating humans. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I don't want to. I was certain Ty of Valkyrie was going to defeat Jade Cargill. And I was like, come on, baby. At this moment, my, my wife watched a good chunk of the pay-per-view with me, but my mother-in-law decided to hang and watch it a little bit. And I go, well, I know you like yourself a good women's match, so... Here you go. And I go, this blonde here, she's been getting screwed over. She's probably going to win this match. This one's had the title for a very long time. So we're all watching, enjoying chicken nuggets. And, dude, Jay Cargo wins. What? Are you shitting me? And then, in your second surprise 
of the week, like you brought back Sabu, and I'm saying underwhelming. Chris Statlander returns. I don't even know how long she's been out. And she defeats Cargill, who's defeated 60-plus women or whatever. Can't be beat. Beats Cargill in like two minutes. I don't know. Why? I don't get it. Why? Why Why is a great thing. Something you wrote here, uh, Brian Last, so he called that? So he yeah, called. I was, I was listening to the drive-through today, but the drive-through was from a few days ago. It was before Double or Nothing because they were right. talking about the lead-up to it, and um, they were talking about the roster for Fight Forever, and they brought up Chris Statlander's name, and Jim goes, "Well, where the hell has she been? How long has she even been gone?" And Brian's like, "You know, uh, I I have actually heard that she's coming back, and she may come back to beat Jade for the title." Like he legit said that. I was like, what? Well, I thought you meant he called the uh, first the win, then the the loss for Jade. I thought I was like, well, that's impressive shit. Right. I'm like, I didn't see that happening. And I will say that I already knew that the four pillars match was not closing because as they were running down the card after Martha, I said Stewart, Martha Hart and Tony Khan had their cringy moment of the year again. They run down the card, and they show the anarchy in the arena. And Jim Ross goes, yeah, I heard earlier there, there's a good chance that may be closing the show tonight, folks. And I go, oh, it's closing. There it is. <laughs> Thanks for giving me that. Do you think it's just the EVPs pulling rank on the young ones saying, fuck you, we're going on last? No, because I think longevity-wise, this is going to be leading to a blood and guts for uh, Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite. Yeah, Omega said afterwards he has two friends that can help even the score. I, I got one or two friends that I could look at, and I I think Kota. one's got to be Kota Ibushi. Yeah. I don't know who the second would be. Could you imagine his other friend is Kazuchika Okada? Rio! Oh, my God. And she beats up Wheeler Yuta. Probably. That's perfect. Probably. But in the Four Pillars match... I think it went maybe a touch longer than it should have, but everybody got their parts in. It was a good match. Um, something I haven't seen in quite a bit. Sammy Guevara comes out with his cue cards. Yeah, I saw that. Ty they had. announce that they're pregnant. Oh, fucking great! That's why she's been. Well, thank God she won't have to be. On, she won't be on TV. Hopefully. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet they turn this into a? That's not my kid. I hope you're wrong. No, they're not going to do that. No, no, no. I bet you. God damn it. They're going to do it. You know it. (laughs) You look like you're going to throw up over there. Um, So MJF retains. But then you have the Blackpool Combat Club. They defeat the elite in the Anarchy in the Arena match because newest member to the BCC, Kanosuke Takeshka. Almost. I, I was almost there. Takeshita. Ta. Ta. Oh, that's right. Takeshita. So he joins them. Um, It was exactly what last year was. Just a fucking smattering of just anarchy, obviously. Um, the band played Wild Thing for like a good 15 minutes. The singer had on a black mask. Yeah, it kind of looked like blackface. Why? 
That's what I said. I go, yo, for a quick second, I thought this dude was doing blackface. And I was not the only one who thought that because it was Everywhere. very well. People are like, oh, good for Tony Khan having the balls to do blackface on TV. <laughs> <laughs> the match was everything that you thought it was going to be and worse. Um, let's see. The exploding shoe to John Moxley's face. Oh, God. The one part I did like was the no shoes on the thumbtacks. Uh, putting Matt Jackson's foot on that. and the, Yo. They showed in. There was a bunch stuck in his heel. And I was like, okay, no. That's bone. Like, I'm fine. You want to do it on my back? I may hit one in my spine. But most of that's like a lot of fat and shit. I mean, y- y- your ribs. But... That's not much skin down there, man. That's going to go right into a heel. Fuck you. I'm not doing that. Putting the tacks in the mouth. Yeah. It was basically every goddamn match. A John Moxley match. Pretty oh, much, shit. Yeah. John Moxley bled. I don't know if you saw that. No shit. No shit. <laughs> um, again, at the media scrum, Tony Khan says that this was the best year that they've had yet. Whatever. Secondly, MJF. Oh, God. First. Tony Storm said, I think the word interim was bullshit. Never should have been. She said it at the thing right next to Tony. Because you got to be edgy. You got to do your thing at the media scrum, right? It's you know I like that she at least addressed that. MJF, uh, I think he called a uh, at New Japan a stupid indie federation. And he goes, I want nothing to do with the, I hope I'm not wrestling on the forbidden card or forbidden door card. <laughs> Just shitting out. He goes, no one's on my league over there. They're, they're, he goes, they're a little indie federation. Wow. Love it. I Good love for it. you. All right, that may, okay. There's uh, your heel uh, shit. Why can't you be yeah. like that all the time? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I, I, I want to go back to the four pillars, man. So there's a couple things I want to bring up was, uh, won the spot with uh, they all did their mentors move. It ended with MJF doing the crossroads. Like Darby did the stinger death drop. Yep. Um, uh, Christian Cage did the unprettier, and Guevara did the code breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a Jungle uh, Boy did the yes, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another part I really liked was when all four of them were in a submission on each other. Mm-hmm. That was a good moment too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I agree with you. It, it was a touch a little long, but uh, they had some good spots. And MJF is still the man. Um, still don't want to see Sammy Guevara or Jack, or Jack Perry, so we'll see where we go from here. I thought it was Jungle... Jungle Jackoff. Jungle Jack. My apologies. I remember these names, man. Yeah, I'm trying, man. It always doesn't stick like Bob Roode, you know what I mean? Yeah, Bob Roode's a classic. You know, I'm going to mix things up this week and tell you something. Did you know that on this day in history... Eric Bischoff bragged about beating Vince McMahon in Monday Night Raw for 83 weeks straight. Sounds about Now right. that I brought that to the table, let's really bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! Okay, my man. Let's have you lead it off this week. All right. Well, Wheezy Joe was at Wheezy's the other day, and uh, we were hanging out <laughs> <laughs> so, so i go you know we're just playing darts and i was flipping through the tv and i came on smackdown and we were watching uh yeah i think it was uh you know the, the yeah exactly it was the rain segment you know towards the end and um during the match i noticed something like we all know that wwf and probably even aw funnel crowd fake crowd noise whether in the arena or for the broadcaster or both. 
I know that they do for AEW because I've been to uh, a couple of Dynamites and go back to watch them, and I'm like, we weren't cheering. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's really bad on Raw. Like, you would hear the mat was extra mic'd. Like, <laughs> the mat was loud. And, like, any time there was, like, a move that made the mat make that much noise, it was, oh, it was so manufactured. It was ridiculous. But, and the sound is so weirdly off. I'm like, do you guys not just take the real recordings of a real crowd, or are you finding fake ones on YouTube? Because they have a weird bass funnel-y sound, too, where they're like, oh. And I'm like, uh, how about just have someone, like, cheering, like, come on, like, just pump those things in, man. <laughs> come Jesus on, Christ. Like, there's multiple, like, podcast types of things you could even use. Like, you hit a button and people will say certain things, right? You could hit them at different times. Right, that's it. Very easy. Now, it's horrible when they pump them in, and every time they do it, I'm like, I I cringe. I'm like, I I can't watch this. It's worse. It's the worst I've ever heard it, yeah. And what's worse is when they put them on the network afterwards or something like that, and they really spruce it up. Like, go back and listen. Everybody was pumping. They were just going nuts. Revisionist history. Yep, absolutely. Well, guess what I'm bringing to the table this week. I don't know. Nothing. Let's go to the Monday Night Wars. Monday Night Wars! Wolf back in the house! Hey, yo! Tonight we're going to break out a new version of the survey. How many people in Washington, D.C. came to see Hollywood Hogan and the White Flag? McMahon knew that I would be loyal for him giving me an opportunity so what he did is he put every giant every freak that he knew his hand picked champions couldn't beat and he sick me on them and I beat them I destroyed them and I moved on What I did for Vince McMahon was make his kingdom safe for himself and all of his hand-picked champions. The whole time, I knew that my time would come. And after I made his kingdom safe and there was no one left, well then I got my opportunities. Oh yes. I am a two-time former World Wrestling Federation champion. (laughs) 
But as you all know, my tenure as champion, they didn't last very long. Why? Because Vince McMahon didn't want someone like The Undertaker representing the World Wrestling Federation. But I remain loyal. Even after all his hand-chosen favorites left town for greener pastures, more money, I stayed here. I stayed by his side, thinking my time would come. I mean, look at me. I'm big. I'm so big. I'm just, I'm just nothing but a piece of shit. Just a fat piece of shit. Oh, Leon. Poor Leon. Um, I gotta say, I remember 100% where I was. Uh, I was in Brockport at my cousin's house. And we went over for... I would assume it was probably close to Memorial Day weekend, something like that. You know what I mean? Like why we were all watching it. Um, and they were talking that they were going to get the pay-per-view. And I was like, and my dad was like, I don't know if we're going to stay here all that night, all night here. And I was like, we'll watch the first couple matches. Don't worry about it. And they were like, bro, my cousins <laughs> were older than me. They're like, they're lubing up, dude. We're fine. They're, you're good. We're not, we're, you're going to make the end of the pay-per-view. <laughs> and sure did. So I remember watching this one. Um, I'm one of those giant, you remember when you were like, oh, I'm rich when you had a, your big flat screen had like the whole wall taken up because it was huge. The, the whole mount, whatever you want to call the whole body of the thing. Did you have one of those? Yeah. It was like an old CR. It was, they were still like a CRT TV where it had the back that was like, it was like, it was like two feet deep. That's what we watched yeah, this on. Yeah. It was a flat screen, and we were like, oh, my God, it's the newish. Mm-hmm. It's funny the things that we got excited for back then. I mean, I will right. say, PS1, I was yeah. like, it's never getting better than this. <laughs> right. It was a bitch to get rid of those things, though, when you needed to, because they know. were not easy to move. But now, if you tried to do it now, that's vintage shit, and you, people will pay you a good buck for that stuff. Probably, yeah. It's like, why yeah. did I get rid of the Atari? Whole businesses and refurbishing them. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, wrestling. So anyway, yeah, man, over the edge. And not not the over the edge that most people remember. This is one of two over the edge pay-per-views. Next year, I think the pay-per-view name falls. And they uh, don't use it anymore. 
Oh, boy. Ba-dump, bump, ba-dump, bump. Owen. Dad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, kick off. Over the edge. Where are we? What are we doing here? We're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. (laughs) It means the great land. (laughs) I did not know that. You know what's funny is someone brought up things like, it was like one of those posts recently, and it was like, what did you learn from a movie or, or something like that that, if you didn't know that, you never would have known it before that. And the the Algonquin, you know, the, the Great Land, all that shit is actually pretty fucking true. And the fact that Alice Cooper, I'll remember, he is the one that, that's great. It's History actually pronounced Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote it that way on purpose. The entrance ramp, uh, I think it's one of our, like, uh, first big set design pieces for WWF. It's like a junkyard. There's cars all over. One has the Briscoe Brothers garage phone number on the side of it, which is hilarious. They actually had like like mini light posts and stuff like that. Uh, it starts with LOD 2000 with Sonny and Draws versus DOA Skull and 8-Ball. Uh, LOD wins on a flat finish. Really wasn't much to it. Uh, the rock comes to the ring for a promo and he does his typical, everybody wants to know how the rock feels about the beer capital of the world. Uh, his match isn't until later in the night. Farouk runs in, he goes to pile drive rock on the chair. The chair moves. It gets like kicked aside and Ross is trying to put it over. I think his head hit that steel chair. No, it didn't. No, it did not. Nowhere fucking (laughs) close. It wasn't even close. Nation runs in for Rook Powders. Uh, Nation is selling Rock being legit injured. Owen's calling for the medics and a stretcher. Uh, Owen puts the neck collar on Rock, and he gets stretchered out to the back. Uh, We see Michael Cole with Austin. He says uh, this is where 316 was born. Was this where the King of the Ring finals was in in Milwaukee? Sure. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, uh, he cuts a promo on the Stooges and on Dude Love, and uh, they they reference uh, somebody being at ringside to watch his back and make sure McMahon calls it down the line. He goes, "Well, I guess nobody stepped up." There you go. I mean, he he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't. DTA. Finker introduces Tennessee Lee. Ugh. <laughs> we get Jeff Jarrett versus Blackman. Al Snow and Header on the Spanish commentary table. Heads wearing a sombrero. It's taken away by security. Lee just interferes multiple times. He ends up hitting Blackman in the back with his martial arts stick, which is what they call it on commentary. I don't know what the fuck you call him, but it's a martial arts stick. And Jared gets the pin. This is quite possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life coming up here. We get a Marrow coming to the ring, and he's supposed to be fighting Sable's hand-picked opponent. Sable comes out, and uh, she's dressed like she's ready to wrestle. Marrow asks for her shine, her knight in shining armor. I got myself into this. I'll get myself out of it. I don't need a man fighting my battles for me. If anyone is going to win my freedom, it's going to be me. Jim Ross retorts with, I don't know if we're ready for this intergender stuff. <laughs> Spoken like a true southerner. Yeah. Hey, Marrow says, I'm hey, about this gay stuff you all trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Mero says, uh, look what we've come to. Just just for your freedom. Forget my career. I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago. I'm going to give you your freedom. Tells the timekeeper to ring the bell. He lays down. Sable pins him. But he rolls her up for a quick three count. And it was, <laughs> it was awesome. Roll up. 
And he, <laughs> he celebrates like just, he won the world championship. Right. And she just heads to the back like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm out of WWF now. I'm sure it's going to last. Next, we get Cole backstage. smattering of titties. Okay. <laughs> well, Cole, Cole's a little upset about it because I can't, I can't believe what just happened. Uh, he speaks to Sable. He goes, I didn't think Mark could stoop so low. I should have known better. Yeah, you should have. Thanks to the fans for the support. And uh, tell them I said goodbye. Bitch, you're on the microphone right now. Just say goodbye. <laughs> that's, I didn't even take that. I didn't even catch that, but it's funny. That's how you took that. That's hysterical. You have the microphone. I mean, you're there. If you're not in front of the arena, it doesn't count. Yeah, still, they're all watching it. Uh, Doc hysterical. Hendricks is backstage with Rock and the Nation. Uh, the Nation wants Hendricks to get out of there and Slaughter. Uh, Hendricks relays that Slaughter says if Rock doesn't defend the title tonight, he will be stripped. Next, you get Kyan Tivers and Bradshaw. No, I'm sorry. Kyan Tivers, Bradshaw, and Taka. It's a handicap tag match. They announce it as a bonus match. I don't want this bonus, but okay, Kyan Ty wins. Well, you got to remember back then, twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine for a pay per view. You're like, I'll take every fucking match you can give me for the price I'm doing for this shit. So, yeah. I kind of took it as that. I'm like, oh, I got an extra pay per view match that you all didn't think was going to happen if you didn't buy it. <laughs> How's Mark? Well, I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever works for you. Uh, best part of the night, we see Sable sauntering out of the arena with her bags. <laughs> she, she literally just like shoulders drop like. What do I do now? I am a real American. <laughs> Next, we get Farrakh Farrakh versus Rook. <laughs> Farouk versus The Rock for the IC title. Um, you okay Rock doesn't there, come out. Yeah, I'm doing great. The Rock doesn't come out. His, his music is playing. doesn't come out. The music stops. Finkel announces him again. Music hits again. Nothing again. Slaughter comes out, tells Rocky, you got to tell the count of three to come out. Count of ten to come out, or I'm going to, you know, give the title to Farouk. Uh, Counts down. The music hits at three. Rock comes out in the neck brace and, you know, heal his shit. He's fine. Um, So kind of a weird ending here. I don't don't care for these kinds of finishes. Farouk gets a three count, but Tim White reverses it, saying that Rock's foot was on the rope. Farouk turns to the ref in the corner. Rock just scoops him up. No, how many more times are you going with Rook? And... I don't know, dude. I'm sorry, it's know. killing me. I love it. Yeah, Rock gets the uh, three-count uh, suspect with his feet up on the ropes. Uh, Farouk just hits another pile driver. Pile driver. He does it twice. Uh, Owen and the Nation come to the ring. It's a beatdown. Uh, and then DX comes out and makes the save. And I, and I pop for that just because I know what comes next. Yep, yep, yep. With that, as well as... Uh, I was wrong. I was like, I don't think we ever got any form of a payoff with a match of Rock and Farouk. Okay, hey, we yeah, got same. it. I, then I'm all right with it now. I, I stand corrected. 100%. Yep. I had, I had the same exact thought. I'm like, man, we must have forgot about this. I don't know. Well, I don't know. This pay-per-view, to me, it was, I mean, I, I watched it, but it's not like it's one of your most important pay-per-views of all time. Those in your houses were kind of throwaways sometime. You know, I mean, it's not like they were. Yeah. And this is, well, this is, yeah, we're at the end of the in your house run because they're not calling it in your house anymore. Like it is, but it isn't. Right. right? So this, yeah, this is like in your house 22 or something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Excellent commentary. (laughs) Farak and Rook. 
I'm, I'm, listen, man, you know, it's hard. You know, we're watching 619 hours of wrestling. You get a little bum-fuzzled sometimes, okay? And that's just 1998. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Kane and Vader is your next match. Bearer is distracting the ref, but it backfires. Vader gets this <coughs> comically large wrench and beats Kane with it. <laughs> like Extremely it comically comic- like, like plumbers working on, like, underground plumbing shit would never have to use one this big. Right. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Vader sets up for a moonsault. They sell it on commentary, but he misses it. Uh, Kane hits the tombstone for the three count. Kane takes off Vader's mask and he puts it on Bear, which I think was one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> was that just me? I forgot all about it until I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cole interviews Vader afterwards. And, uh, I mean, I got my butt whipped. Made the biggest mistake of my life. Look at me. I'm so big. <laughs> I Maybe love Vader that. time so is big. over. Ain't nothing but a piece of shit, a big fat piece of shit. And as he's saying the last shit, he swats the microphone away. It doesn't fully hit Mike yeah. on that last one, but he's you heard it through like the nearby. But um, I will never ever forget that because we all turned to each other. My cousins, and I were like, "What the fuck was that?" It's not anything that's happened in wrestling. People call other people a piece of shit, but no one's like, I'm a piece of shit. Just a fat one at that. <laughs> Poor Leon. Poor Leon. Oh, God. Uh, the, the the next segment, I was just, I, I like, I'm, I don't have no fucking clue. Cole is in the ring, mm-hmm. and he calls out two of the greatest names in wrestling in Milwaukee and in the Midwest. Mad Dog Vashon who is being propped up by two women in nightgowns. It's great because JR goes, who? Uh, how's he going to get into the ring? Uh, apparently he got into a car accident not too long ago, so uh, he's got an artificial leg. And then you get the Crusher with a lovely young rack. I mean lady. Um, <laughs> Crusher gets to the ring after his separate introduction, and Vashon is still trying to get through the ropes into the ring. Yes, that's... Which is great, because I'm like, well, they probably realize, well, we can have more time on the pay-per-view. If we do this during Raw, we're going to need like a commercial break for his entrance. <laughs> this isn't the first time we are seeing Mad Dog Vashon with his leg. Please, let's not forget, when we started our wars, what was the first mm-hmm. pay-per-view that we watched? It was Shawn Michaels against Diesel. And Diesel grabbed the fake leg at the ringside. That's right. That was Vashon. Yeah. Second time this dude is on a pay-per-view. Already excited about this. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Yep. Cole has plaques for him. This is just a ruse for this segment. Vashon sounds like Frankenstein when he's talking. And it's great. He goes... He goes, and, I, and the last person I want to thank, even though I don't agree with everything he's done lately, is Vince McMahon. <laughs> I'm like, was that line written, or were you just thinking out loud? Oh, I think he was thinking out loud. Uh, Lawler goes to the ring, he says, guys, this is 1998, not 1948. Crusher takes off his jacket, King says, uh, I tell you to act your age, but you probably dropped dead. 
Goes to Vashon and goes, are you the one with the one leg? Crusher hits Lawler with the plaque, then hits his bolo punch. Vashon's leg gives out. <laughs> like he is like his wooden leg is like parallel with the ground, but he's somehow still holding on to the ropes. Lawler goes back in, he takes the wooden leg. Crusher takes his shirt off, which was not flattering. What the fuck is going on? Lawler ends up getting hit with the prosthetic leg. It's kind of a little go. bit like my weekend. Not okay. really like yeah, a little bit all of that melee. I mean like the the no legs. Good old anyway. crazy legs. Great. <laughs> Well, you want to up like Chris in a wheelchair. Give me the gun, Trey. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so after that uh, cluster fuckery of shit showery, you get DX versus The Nation. Uh, it's Triple H and the Outlaws versus Owen, Kama, and D'Lo. You get Owen sucks chance. Uh, uh, JR's got that. What's, what's, what's with JR's uh, obsession and uh, baby boy? Is he called Owen Stu and Helen's baby boy? One year, a baby boy, you're a baby boy. Tiny boy, baby boy, little boy, I love you. All right. It's not my song, I can promise you. I, I, I hope I, anybody's I, an It's Always Sunny <laughs> fan, because I promise you, I did not write that shit. China and Owen are on the apron. Uh, Henry pulls China down, and she elbows him. The ref gets distracted. It's a spike pile driver to D-Lo on the title. Uh, but then Owen hits the pedigree on Triple H on the title for the win. At least Owen got something. Sure. <laughs> you know, a, a pin over Triple H. Uh, next, we get our recap of the Austin-Vince Dude Love feud. We see Vince and the Stooges backstage with Doc Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks does the question. I think he says at every pay-per-view, well, we have a new WWF champion tonight. Well, that's uh, that's not the question Austin. I thought he was going to ask at every pay-per-view. I thought it was going to be, hey, do you want to buy this new DX shirt? There is that, too. Uh, that's it will even throw in my awesome dance moves. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Sorry. All right. Anyway, uh, if Austin assaults Vince, he's going to stop. Vince is going to stop the match, strip him of the title. And Vince nails this point home, and it's an important. By my hand only will this match end. Finkel announces the Stooges. He's given a bunch oh, of shit to I say. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, right. Patterson comes in. Patterson announces Briscoe. Uh, he even mentions the Briscoe Brothers garage phone number, and they show a shot of it again. Uh, Patterson intros Vince, just kisses his ass, and we get our main event. Uh, when dude comes to the ring, he hugs Vince. You know, Vince is your special guest referee. Patterson runs down Austin before introducing him. He says, I'm not going to introduce a bum. Uh, Austin gets to the ring and then the bell tolls lights go out and takers at ringside. He is going to be judge jury executioner, make sure Vince calls it down the middle and he is stays on top of Vince the whole time. This, uh, even for a small pay-per-view, it, it definitely had a big fight feel. The fucking crowd was hot for this. Uh, there was so much fucking around with the stooges that, you know, the crowd was hot. Uh, they they were really behind Austin, obviously. Uh, it's great. Dude's teeth come out early in the match. His false teeth and Austin just stomps him on the mat. Fucking great. They end up on the floor. Patterson is on the mic and he goes, uh, I just want to remind everybody that this is a no disqualification match. It didn't start that way. They just they had that. 
Um, JR has a heart attack when Austin hits a clothesline to send dude over the barricade. Like, you would have thought the fucking world ended. It was a big pop from JR for that move. I you know, it wasn't that big of a move. Uh, then Pat, then Vince runs over to Patterson, says something. Patterson announces a reminder that it's also a false count anywhere match. All right. They fight on the cars. Austin gets busted open. They end up back in the ring. Uh, Patterson trips Austin at one point. Dude exposes the turnbuckle. Patterson gives dude a chair, but Austin gets the advantage, and Vince doesn't count. Uh, Austin turns around. Dude's going for a headshot, but he ducks, and he dude hits McMahon on accident. This is where things get crazy. Austin hits a stunner. This is where things get crazy? Did you just listen to the last three minutes of what you just said? (laughs) Exactly. Another ref slides in. He gets a two count. Patterson pulls him out at two. Mankind gets the claw on. Patterson goes for the count. Taker pulls him out. Choke slams him on the announce desk. Rinse and repeat for Briscoe. Dude Love gets the claw on again. We get a dick kick stunner. Austin pulls McMahon over. Grabs his hand. Counts the three for the win. And uh, Taker and Austin have a stare down afterwards. It was by the hand of Vince. It was by his own hand. And we're on to Raw. There you go. Raw is in Chicago. It's fucking hilarious uh, because Vince does a voiceover for an intro just talking about himself and making Austin and look like the villain and dude looking look incompetent. It was fucking hilarious. Like, it was so transparent, purposely so, right? Yep. <laughs> like, he's putting himself over and shitting on everybody else. It's fantastic. Uh, JR is his opening line Are you ready to get raw? I don't think that's uh, how you want to put that. But... And I don't want to hear you say that, to be honest with you, JR. <laughs> uh, Mick Foley starts uh, in the middle of the ring on, in, in a chair. He basically cut a longer version of Vader's promo. <laughs> Basically, just calling himself a fucking fat piece of shit. I love just that. didn't use well, the wording a... because we're on live TV, pal. Right? He says, "I lost my teeth. I cracked my face. I lost my teeth, and I lost the match." <laughs> he said he lost his teeth twice. He was pretty fucking. Uh, I really wish he had it, said I he think. lost a smile. <laughs> right? Uh, well, somebody does later. Mm-hmm. Um, he says the dude's going to be out of action for a little while when I come back. Dude's going to be back as number one contender. He apologizes for letting Vince down. Vince calls Mick a miserable failure as a WWF superstar and a human. Tells Mick to get on his knees. He's like, you're kidding. This is a joke. He goes, you're the joke. Get on your knees. This is just what it's like working for Vince, no matter what role you are. Pretty much. I'm talking like office. <laughs> Especially if you're an intern. Art imitates life, right? And Laurinaitis is there with you. <laughs> and then years later, Says, you pay uh, for it. You know, my kids Morally are and financially. All right. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, Mick says, uh, my kids are watching. Not going to allow you to embarrass me on national TV. Vince tells him, you're already an embarrassment to me, to fans around the world, yourself, and to your own family. Uh, he says, oh, it felt good to wrap that chair around my head. Do it again. Make my day, dude. Dude picks up the chair, and Vince is just going nuts, egging him on. He th- And right about as Mick is about to hit him, he threatens uh, Mick's kids' college funds, the new house they just moved into. Dude puts down the chair and sits down. And Vince says, have some guts for once in your life. And line of the night, hit me with the bloody chair. I don't, I don't know why Vince thought he was British. I know. I've never heard him use that. I don't think he's ever used it since or before. That's weird. Yeah, right? I, 
no context. It sounded good, though. And uh, Vince, I, I, th- I thought this was a good line, man. He goes, you know what? I haven't fired Austin because he makes me richer. You make me sick. Your <laughs> services are no longer required. Uh, dude's music plays and Vince dances mocking Foley. Apparently, he's a fat piece of shit, too. <laughs> oh, it's a shame that can't be the name of our episode this week. I know, right? I got some ideas. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) LOD's in the back of the arena waiting for the Chicago street fight because, I mean, hey, they are in Chicago and they haven't been feuding with DOA long enough. Um, Dude, the promo before the match starts is insane. Kevin Kelly's with Draws and Draws just pukes on him. (laughs) LOD and Sonny come in. He pukes on him again. DOA jumps him. Uh, Taker just randomly shows up. He attacks chains. He attacks draws. This rolling, so it was like a ramp that came down, you know, to the back of the arena, kind of like when DX went to WCW. Yep. And there was this metal frame on wheels, and it started rolling down the ramp right at the cameraman. You could tell the cameraman's like running, trying not to get hit by this thing. <laughs> Fuck, that what do I do? <laughs> this was the best part of it. Taker's looking for McMahon. They, I don't even think they even announce who won the match. Who gives a shit? Next, you get Val Venus versus Poppy Chulo. Remember that? Oh, I do. Venus gets the win. Taker comes out to the ring. And this, to me, is like a precursor to American Badass because he's just like in a black sweatshirt and black sweatpants. And he's just talking like as normal as he ever has in the WWF. Uh, and he's basically cutting a promo on uh, Vince. You know, he gave me chances, but he didn't. You know, this and that. And he basically says, you know, I'm demanding my shot at the title. And I don't know if, if Taker was, you know, couldn't figure out what he was going to say or if he stumbled. But he goes, Vince, time you got your pencil neck geek ass out here and face the Reaper. I think you said, oh, you mean like you should have said, Vince, it's time to get your... No, he, it's just the way he like got yo pencil neck. Like the way he said it, I don't know if he was trying to do a southern accent or it was just weird. It, I it thought it was more little tongue. thug life. Got yeah, your oh, definitely. pencil neck geek ass. You java. Anyway, um Jobs I love this. My favorite part is I was the beast slayer. You put every big man in front of me and they all yep. fell. And he's talking King Kong Bundy, Giant Gonzalez. All the list of stupid shit that he had to fight through in his career Viscera. for no reason. Yep, pretty much. Yep. Viscera broke his eye. Um, oh, that's right. Mabel had broke his eye at that time. That's right. Yep. The orbital so, yeah. socket. Mm-hmm. Orbital socket. Very good. CC. Yeah, so Vince snatches the mic from Taker. He goes, after all I've done for you, you choke slam me to hell. Let's face it. What have you done for Vince McMahon lately? And then Vince Wait. is on fucking fire tonight because he goes, is it true when Bear said your mother was a whore? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're right. Vince was having a special night. It was He was like having a mean Gene Okerlund night. Yeah, right? He's um, crushing it. I got to ask you this before we get into it. He's like, what have you done for me lately? I was like, easy, Janet. Um, <laughs> I do got to ask you, what did you think of Taker's attire? It was a little too... Uh... It looked like he just got back from the gym. <laughs> Black sweatpants. And we're not talking your nowadays tracksuit sweatpants. We are talking sweatshirt type sweatpants that mm-hmm. are black. And the the matching 
black sweatshirt to go along with it. And just long hair hanging down, no dead look, just talking regular. But, like, the whole ensemble itself, I was like, I got to be honest, man, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm still confused why you're wearing this. <laughs> it was a little weird. It looked like he like, like I mean, I mean, the it looked like my uncle. That he... That's something my uncle would wear every time he came over, just to hang. Right, with a pack of cools. <laughs> oh man, I could go for a cool right now. Um, yeah, yeah it was weird because I mean, because okay, keep in mind he showed up to the arena in the middle of the street fight, and he just went from there, right? So. He was in street clothes, but you tell me you couldn't wear any better street clothes than that. Maybe they, maybe you, know, his I, you guys lost. make some pretty decent money. Yeah, that's maybe what his you went with today. Lost. Yeah, maybe his luggage got lost and he had to just pick up something up on the way, or that's what he was. Maybe, he maybe he was like, "This is my way of really uh, peeling back, being rebellious." Oh, I'm going to yeah, show too. up in the worst thing I can. Not only am I not going to dress as Undertaker, <laughs> I'm going to dress as a hobo. You dress like that, you get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> no offense. No offense. Looks good on you, though. Yeah. So Vince tells him, hey, you know what? You want the answer? You want to be number one contender? If you defeat your opponent tonight, you'll be number one contender. You're facing Kane. Can I tell you a funny story? <sighs> sure. Real quick one. Month ago, I told you that I was watching the wrong Raw. That exact line right there is when I go, I don't think I'm watching the right Raw. Because <laughs> he kept saying last night, last night, last night. But I had this thing synced to the pay-per-view that was before. What was it, Unforgiven? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and uh, for some reason, the wrong setup or whatever. So I watched this promo now twice with Taker, um, and I didn't mind. But the part when he says, and you're going to fight Kane, the winner. We'll go on to take on uh, Austin. I go, uh, oh, shit. Hang on. We're way too yep. early for this. <laughs> That's yep. when I realized. Right. I was like, right. I think I'm on the wrong show right now. Yeah, all right. Sorry. Just, you know, we're there. But then all this stuff was fresh to me this past week. There you go. Well, what else should be fresh is we are moving towards King of the Ring 98. We've got our bracket. Uh, Shamrock versus Godfather. So apparently it's not coincidence that he was dressing like the Godfather. This is the first time they've referred to him that way. That I'm aware of. Yeah, they have not said Godfather until now. Exactly. There you go. Uh, you're going to get Mark Henry versus Terry Funk. Jeff Jarrett versus Farouk. Blackman versus Mero, which is coming up next. Rock versus Vader. Triple H versus X-Pac. I'm sure there's shenanigans around there. Uh, Dan Severn versus D'Lo Brown. And then Owen versus Too Cold Scorpio. What I love about this is that, you know, we get Blackman versus Mero, and they're calling it a qualifying match. But the brackets are already set. So why is it not the first round in a, in a qualifying match? Because JR even says, he goes, oh, yeah, you got to win to actually make the actual pack of, of eight. Well, then why do you Because you have to qualify for the eight. And I think the eight are at the pay-per-view, <clears throat> aren't they? I don't know, but they show the fucking bracket. Like, the brackets are already set like this. Whoever wins this match is facing this match. That's not a qualifier. That's the first fucking round. <laughs> it's true. When you have a bracket that looks like a full-blown bracket of 16 people, there's no qualifying at that point. You have qualified. <laughs> yes, you are in. 
Anyway, nitpicky. Fair details. enough. No, I, no, that's a really good point. I'm with you on it, but it's just, it's, I, I'm with you on the continuity of things, man. Like, it's kind of like it bothered me when it was WrestleMania 25, and they said it was the 25th anniversary 25th of WrestleMania. Anniversary. I'm like, yeah, but it's a, not. Yeah, what a bunch of nonsense. Anyway, um, yeah. Mero says, Sable's at home barefoot in the kitchen where she belongs. Nothing like cheap heat. Uh, and Marrow says he's got a new valet, and it's fucking Jacqueline. Ooh. I, it's all I got. Ben mm. Wobbles. Ben, what we had, it's true. We haven't seen her since around then. Pretty much, yeah. She's dressing a little differently. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah, Marrow hits a low blow. It's a shooting star press for the win. There you go. Uh, we get a quick shot of Austin on a local radio station, and Vince calls in, so there's a little bit of banter there. It's kind of fun. And we get another edge vignette, and that leads us to the war zone where we get DX versus the nation and a six-man tag elimination. Slaughter's out. He tells X-Pac, China, Godfather, and Henry to go to the back. China still comes down after Gunn gets eliminated. Triple H eliminates the Rockets down to Owen Triple H. Uh, Shamrock comes out and attacks Owen. The Nation jumps Shamrock. Severn makes the save. They have a face-off. Severn bounces. And then Triple H gets into it with Shamrock for getting him DQ'd. Uh, it turns into a pull-apart. I'm loving this. Good stuff coming up. Uh, we see Vince backstage talking to Kane and Paul Bearer. Uh, and then Tennessee Lee calls out Southern Justice. Which, if you don't know, because I don't sure as shit don't remember this, Imagine the Godwins looking dressed like owners of a New Orleans club. <laughs> a bad one, is that, too. Is that, yeah, is, is that accurate? Does that, does that sound about right? Yeah, they come out in suits with, not ties, like suits with T-shirts, looking like they are security guards, but they also have yes. soul glow hairstyles with ponytails. Um. And real deep, dark sunglasses. It's, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's really funny to think that it's Phineas and Hogg, and they now call them by their real names in this. There you go. Yeah, so there's that. <clears throat> so that's your precursor to the Jeff Jarrett for Rook match. Southern Justice causes a distraction. Jeff Jarrett uses the belt buckle for the win. It's going to be Jeff Jarrett versus Marrow in the next round. Yay. Yep. Next, you get a VTR putting Vince over. Uh, Vince is not narrating this one. is narrated by somebody else, but it's just putting him over. Next, you get Taka Michinoku versus Funaki. Taka wins. Uh, you get a Bear Kane promo. Uh, you get a brief shot of Head and Snow arguing in the parking lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then you get Vince coming to commentary. He wants to be there for the main event, but he, the, we do have a Mark Henry versus Terry Funk King of the Ring match. Uh, Henry wins that one. We get our main event. Austin comes to commentary. Vince not too happy about it. It's funny because Austin's rooting for Taker because he at least has his respect. Uh, and Vince is obviously rooting for Kane because he wants to, you know, shaft the Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker hits a tombstone. The ref is down. And we get Mankind come to the ring. And I mean Mankind. He's still wearing what he was wearing earlier, but he's got the Mankind mask on. He's got the uh, gauntlet on for when he does the claw, which he does to Taker. Uh, but Taker's able to knock him off the apron. Kane hits the tombstone. Ref comes to. Kane gets the wind. Uh, Taker and Mankind fight off. So my thing with this was, holy shit, this is the lead-up. It is, that man. That hell in a cell of a match. Yeah. One of, I think, the... 
best pay-per-views WWE put together. Because King of the Ring 1998 is obviously well known for Hell in a Cell. The lead up to all of this is huge. But besides that, the King of the Ring itself, the matches that you're going to start to get, plus this is probably an even closer step and kickoff to uh, Triple H and The Rock. I mean, this is just this is like a really, really good pay-per-view. I'm excited for this one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're getting down to it. So there you go. That's Raw. Not a bad show. No, good one. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., uh, we open with a Sting promo package. This is weird because it's just video clips with background music. There's no there's no commentary. There's no voiceover. Um, it's the night of the limos. Uh, we get a white limo that pulls up into the arena. It's J.J. Dillon, Diamond Dallas Page, Booker T., and Goldberg. Uh, we see Luger on Thunder. He's recruiting Sting still. And we get our first match, Jerry Flynn versus the Cat. Cat uh, tried to do a sunset flip. They were too close to the ropes, and commentary had no idea how to get that one over. Pretty nasty-looking botch. Not nasty, just ugly. Uh, but Cat gets the win anyway. Limo number two. This one's a black limo. It's the Wolf Pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come to the ring with new music. Remember that? Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, we see Hennig on crutches, which is weird because when he got out of the limo, I don't remember him walking funny or anything. Maybe I just didn't catch it. But I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I didn't see him walking funny, like you're saying. Right. Yeah. Well, he was on. Yeah. So he's on crutches now. Uh, Nash does the survey. It's a new version. Which one are you here to see? The white and the black, or the wolf pack? More recruiting for Sting. The um, Luger makes a comment. He goes. He, he goes, yeah, man, you know, we came over in the limo, you know, the wolf pack. We were having fun in the back of the limo. I mean, Liz was back there, so I'm guessing you were. Someone had to maintain the pills. <laughs> pills are in the center console. <laughs> uh, he wants a, Luger wants a match uh, against the black and white tonight. Uh, Luger and Nash versus anybody that they choose. Then we see a clip of Brett on Thunder, Brett Hart. He's also recruiting Sting. We come back, we get Raven and Saturn versus Pubic Enema. Raven says the flock was fired. Reminds everybody of that. No more flocking. Yeah, no more flocking. Well, (laughs) give it a second. Rock does a tope senton to Raven, but the table doesn't break. And you can see, like, Rock immediately, like, go right to his ear, like, bro, you okay? You okay? (laughs) I'm sure it's not the first time that's happened to those assholes. Raven, uh, Saturn hits a DVD, but Raven rolls in and takes the pin. Uh, they do announce that, you know, Raven was the legal man, but Saturn doesn't look too happy about it. Raven cuts a promo on Canyon. Uh, you got the riot squad in the ring, and Raven rehires the flock. Saturn's even not, he's even more pissed now. And oh, then Raven flock again. Saturn, yeah. Then Raven books Saturn to face Canyon, and Saturn's not happy again. <laughs> I hate the storyline. Yeah. It's pretty. It's lame. just so. Um, so what do I want to look for? Not well put together, uh, shitty, um, not shitty. well thought out. Works. Shitty's yeah, the word. That, that too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, what was good with a storyline that is pretty good, I think, is, uh, next you get Alex Wright versus Chavo. Eddie's not with him. The ending to this, I don't understand what the hell happened. Wright puts an STF on Chavo and the bell literally immediately 
Uh, Lil Nate immediately calls for the bell. Immediately. Didn't see Chavo tap at all. Just ring the bell. Um, there's a brawl afterwards between the two. Eddie breaks it up, and Eddie's like, hey, man, I got great news. I got off the phone with the family. We're all proud of you. You don't have to wrestle me. You're free. And Chavo says, well, Eddie, you're my mentor. I think I can beat you. So they're pushing that whole thing along. Next, you get Shivani in the ring. And this might be my favorite example of why this company never had a chance to succeed. Shivani goes, let's uh, let, let's come out and talk to Macho Man. Bagpipes kick in. <laughs> and the music stops. And the Wolfpack music plays. Even commentary is like, well, what was that? Were they fucking with us? Or uh, did, what, what? I have no idea. <laughs> horrible it it was terrible but we beat uh, him for 83 weeks <laughs> right uh he talks about the match uh against hogan and brett he wants piper to come to the ring who's going to be his tag partner and uh, he says he wants a piece of piper after the tag match he goes i want some satisfaction i just love the way that he said that I was um, waiting for him to bust into like a Mick Jagger routine. Yeah, start doing the can't dance. get no <laughs> satisfaction. No, no, no. Dig it, brother. Hey, hey, hey. That's what I say. Piper says Brett's conning everybody. He makes a Marion Barry joke. They're in DC, so that one fucking got a pop. Mm-hmm. And then what to I everybody like, else, I, no one got it. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I don't know if I like, well, I guess I do like this. Uh, Piper calls out, uh, to Macho. He goes, do you realize that Brett's never worn an NWO shirt? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Roddy. I liked it. It was uh, good. There you I go. liked that he did that. That, uh, that brings us to our two. Shivani's on the ramp with JJ Dillon, who's also recruiting Sting. It's Sting recruitment night. Uh, a reminder that it's also limo night because the third limo pulls up. Uh, this one is black as well. It's the black and white. Brett, again, not wearing an NWO shirt. And uh, Hogan says, you know, I'm hot about Piper mentioning that. And Brett goes, hey, well, I don't see it being a problem. He unbuttons his dress shirt and he's wearing a Hogan shirt uh, underneath. So there you go. Getting around that one. Uh, next, you get Conan versus Lenny Lane. Uh, do you know that uh, Lenny Lane now is using this ab polish gimmick, and it's hilarious because that's pretty much the same thing that Nakazawa does, just with baby It oil. is. Yeah. Hilarious. Man, they are all marks for fucking WCW. Oh, my God. I Wow, I didn't even catch that. Wow. Wow. They went all the way down to Lenny Lane. Yep. Fucking Lenny Lane. Dollar store, Chris Jericho. Oh, 100%. Every time he comes out, I'm like, Jericho, nope. <laughs> Did he get taller? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Conan wins this one. No surprise. Shivani's on the ramp. He calls out Hennig and Rude. Hennig challenges Goldberg at GAB, or Great American Bash. This is so great. This is so fucking great because I think even Hennig says, or maybe it's Rude. Rude says, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret that Hennig and I are real close or something like that. And Rude goes, you know, Goldberg, we're going to make sure that Henning gets healed up because we want everything to be per. Henning goes, don't say the P word. We don't need a lawsuit. It was a great moment, dude. I love that they. That's, that to me is a good way of making the joke. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, 
you don't hit it. You don't say the real name just to get them like kind of like, look, I love when punk said you're a less famous Miz, but yeah, you're also telling people if you don't know, there's a guy named Miz and you should go watch that show. Right. Sure. But these yeah, guys did. Don't say the P word. I don't want to get sued. I loved it. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and that awesome with the Miz. Oh my God. That was perfect. All right. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Henning said he needs t- 10 days off. I uh, asked Conan, you know, Hey man, can you, can you show up at these house shows for me? And he says, no problem. And <clears throat> I do love Hennig. I, Excuse me, damn. I would think that this is somewhat of a shoot because Hennig says, I don't like rookie greenhorns who haven't put their time in, taken up my time, and taken taken part in my craft. Something like that. It was fucking, (laughs) it was a bit of a jab. Yeah, fuck it. What's Kurt Hennig, man? Dude, the guy that took down Lesnar at 3,000. Oh, you took it from me, you bastard. I was just going to say it. I'm like, well, Goldberg ain't shit. Do you want to know what he did to Brock Lesnar? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so next you get Eddie versus Fit Finley for the TV title, but Chavo runs in and the ref just calls it. Yeah, it tells Eddie to hit him, and yeah, he doesn't. Hit me again, Ike. Ah, too soon. <laughs> And put some stank on it. <laughs> but you know what? If she had listened to Ike, you know where she'd be? She'd be rolling down the river. That's rolling where she'd down be. The river. <laughs> she was simply the best. I repeat. But hey, what's love got to do with it? Let's go. Jesus. Jennifer There's no such thing as a weaker sex. <laughs> <laughs> they do this video package of Jericho I texted you and said, maybe we should hold off on the Ike and Tina joke <laughs> for I a minute. you said you were going to do it like 20 times. <laughs> you didn't Did I say that? God damn, I got to stop texting when I'm high. <laughs> I'm right. Jericho's on the steps of Congress trying to fight his loss uh, of, of the Cruiserweight title. And the last shot you see is of him reading law books. Um, he comes to the ring. And he says he's got the info that Dylan needs and he wants Dylan to come out. But... Um, that doesn't happen. He has a match against Juvie and wins. It's Juvie. So we go into hour three. Uh, we get a recap of the Booker Benoit series. Uh, Booker won match two, and Benoit won on Saturday. So Benoit is up two to one. Uh, we get the next match in the series, and as usual, some matches you just watch. Uh, Benoit wins again. He is up three to one. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not just keeping it to Nitro and Thunder. Putting it on Pretty a much. Saturday. Come on, man. No one's watching that shit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, much like, video, uh, it... what's that show? Yeah. AEW Collision. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this shit starts yeah. at like 8.05. Set, yo, that'd be fucking hilarious. Don't put it past them. Don't put oh it past them. Um, yeah. So next you get Riggs uh, versus DDP. DDP wins. You get LaParker versus Goldberg. Goldberg wins. He's 94-0, and 0, even though he was 90-0 and 0 last week. Don't forget Thunder, Saturday, and then the rule of three. You just tack one on. And then the high. <laughs> uh, you get your main event. It's Hogan and Giant versus Luger and Nash. Hogan gets DQ'd for using the title. Um, Sting repels down to the ring. He takes his coat off. He has a black and white shirt on. He hugs Hogan, pulls him in for a hug, and then decks him with a clothesline. He slams the Giant, rips off the shirt, or he tried to anyway. 
Yeah. Have a good fucking 30 seconds to rip that thing up. But when he eventually got the shirt off, he had a Wolfpack shirt on afterwards. Um, crowd fucking pop, Luger pop, picked him up. Um, yeah, there you go. When you're in the moment and trying to do the unveiling, you want to rip the shirt off quick and make it happen. And it was a weird rip. It, it reminded me of like when Tyson tried to pull a shirt off in front of Jericho that time. Right. Yep, exactly. Like, kind of uh, look like a yeah. bitch. <laughs> like a bitch. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say something. I completely forgot. I don't know. There's Sting, yours. The shirt. Good night, folks. Yeah, the shirt, you know, pulling the shirt off. Yeah, it was like, I mean, I guess it wasn't as bad as the Shockmaster. Wow, Sting was a part of both of them. Yeah, true. He fell on his fucking ash. Or however British Bulldog said it. I gotcha. You know what, man? Sometimes in wrestling, you got to have a person watching your back. That's why people are in the Wolf Pack. Nowadays, you got people in... The Bloodline, LWO, which, hang on, i got to give a quick nod. Good job, WB. You're actually doing way more stables than ever. Thank you. Good job. I'm actually appreciative of it. Like, I like a good gang war kind of thing. Got to have someone watching your back. At least having someone watch your back, like if you have a dickhead like Matt Dillon coming after you. You need a bodyguard. If I could stay. Wrong wrong movie. (laughs) The only reason I actually did that is because when I wrote it in the list of movies I wanted to do, when I wrote the movie My Bodyguard, I go, he's going to be like, this motherfucker is going for Whitney and Kevin Costner? I'm glad you knew the difference. Thank you. Yeah. I'm talking about a movie that is about a little kid named Cliff, Clifford, and he's a rich, uh, you know, silver spoon in his mouth kind of kid, but not to his fault, if you know what I mean, right? You just grow up rich, can't do anything about it. His parents move him to a different kind of school, and he goes to, well, regular high school, and you got your cliques, you got your nerds, you got your bullies, of course. Cliff meets this fucking ugly ass blonde kid who has like the biggest buck teeth ever. And he has the deepest voice like this. He's like, I wouldn't mess with those bullies, man. Do you remember who I'm talking about, that kid? Not off the top of my head, no. All right. So I know you didn't get a chance to rewatch this, but go back and see it. Um, and he's like, don't put your uh, leg under there, man. There's boogers. The fresh ones give you uh, <laughs> hepatitis, which was the funniest line. And in this class, we also have a very, very young Joan Cusack. Um, this has got to be like 16 candles time. Um, and in comes this kid, Moody. And Moody <coughs> is Matt Dillon. That's right, the guy who had a three-way with Denise Richards and Nev Campbell. He was also the one that we did it for Johnny, man. Let's do it for Johnny. <laughs> you know, I, I do have to say something real quick. I got to interject because I do remember this movie. If I'm not mistaken, Linderman is is the bodyguard, right? That's right, man. So he was in Full Metal Jacket. You're right. No shit, he was. 
He's the crazy dude with the machine gun. You're yeah, he's right. The crazy fucker at the end. Yeah. I always get that part of war and maybe dead presidents mixed up. I'm like, which one had the dead head that they were carrying along is good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was dead presidents. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely not full metal jacket. No. Um, man, uh, it's crazy. He is in that. Good call. So, yes, Linderman. And Linderman is a uh, an urban legend in the town. I mean, he's a real person, but he killed some kid for no reason. And you hear one thing, and obviously the story is he choked him out, he shot him with a gun, he lit him on fire. These are not real things that they say in the movie, but obviously rumors spread. And the new kid, Cliff, who, as I said last week, he was uh, in Meatballs. He was Rudy, the little kid that wins the race at the end that Bill Murray preps up to win. Um, He's the main star of this movie. And he goes up to Linderman because he's being bullied by Matt Dillon, who, this is the best part. Matt Dillon and his buddies, a bunch of bullies, offer protection services you all give me a, a buck a day with your milk money, and I will protect you <laughs> from Linderman, the killer. And everybody just gives the money up, except for this kid. He goes, I'm not going to give you my money. I have to eat, man. And then, I mean, he fights back at Matt Dillon pretty hard, throws a cup of piss in his face, um, goes through a lot of shit, and then he goes up to Linderman. He's like, will you be my bodyguard? And he goes, for what reason? He goes, I these guys say they offer a protection service from you. And he's like, I'm not interested. Until he sees this kid really getting his ass kicked and dealing with stuff. It's a funny thing when he finds him inside the locker. Linderman lets him out and he looks at him and he goes, You want your next round? Go ahead, you big dumb son of a bitch. I ain't got all day. And Linderman's like, You're all right, kid. All right. And Linderman's like, Would you like to see this motorcycle I've been putting together? <laughs> Um, look at, I said it last week, the editing, the, the sound, right. It's not, it's your typical eighties movies not be the best thing. Oh, yeah. Look at bad budget. news. Bears is a classic movie with Walter Matthau, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Horrible audio. Yep. So many things that sound like they're overdubbed. Even when like the kid gets hit in the face by his father, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just a lot of things like that. So this had that eighties feel, um, Ends up getting the bodyguard or Linderman to be his bodyguard. And he goes into a shop, like a, a cafe where all the kids are hanging out, listening to their their music. And he goes and just starts putting fucking ketchup and mustard all over uh, Moody and all of his buddies. And then all the guys can't stand up to Linderman. So they all run away and everybody sees it. No longer do these dorks have to pay money to Moody. Big, yay, it's all over. Until Matt Dillon is a giant pussy and gets himself a bodyguard who beats the piss out of Linderman. <laughs> he looks like he's 45. Looks like he runs a nightclub somewhere himself and throws this dude's motorcycle that he's been putting together for years into the fucking pond. Um... And then role reversal, they all get some balls. And my favorite part really is the end of the movie, man. It and it really should be. So Linderman, I'm not spoiling anything for anybody here. Here we go. 
Linderman has finally had enough, and he fights back against Mike, which is the new bodyguard for Moody. Gets in a fist fight with this bald son of a bitch who's 45 years old, by the way. Both of them easily look like they're 30-plus. We're all in high school, by the way. And they get in the fight, but then as their fight's going on and Linderman finally gets his offense in, Moody jumps from behind and starts choking him out. And Cliff doesn't need a bodyguard. He has the balls and finally jumps in. And my favorite line, I'm going to do it. Ready? Damn you, Moody! And he goes running in and just starts choking him from behind. And as Litterman lays out the other bodyguard, he's trying to help little Clifford. He's like, come on, man, you could, you could beat this kid's ass. And Matt Dillon is like, come on, come on, you want to fight, you little maggot? Why do you need your bodyguard? And he goes, go for his nose. And he beats the bully up. And the best part is Matt Dillon sitting on the ground, his old nose, he goes, you broke my nose. And they go, <laughs> he goes, and, and little uh, Clifford goes, I d- think I did. And he goes, you broke my nose. And then they cut back over to Litterman. He goes, you did break his nose. <laughs> I love a good 80s movie, man. Look, it, it's, and my fair part is, uh, not fair part, there's a lot of fair parts, of course, but the ending is Linderman, after seeing that Clifford can fight for himself, he goes, hey, man. Would you be willing to be my bodyguard? Gives him the same exact <laughs> spiel that he gave to him in the beginning of the movie. It was a good. I like the movie, man. It's so cheesy, but it's a great movie. Very young Matt Dillon, Joan Cusack. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the guy who's in Full Metal Jacket. I don't know the name of the kid. I don't really give a shit. I feel like Meatballs in this movie were probably his peak. Um, probably. I I don't know. He's probably something I see in like everyday life. Chris um, Makepeace. Okay. Did he do any other kind of movies? Let's find out here. Uh, Meatballs, My Bodyguard are the top two that come (laughs) (laughs) I'm not shocked. So there you go. But a good movie, and it's on YouTube. You guys can find it. It's very easy to find. Um, It's funny, our last couple movies between Freaked and My Bodyguard, you can find it right on YouTube. Shit, even nothing but trouble. That's how great our movies are. They're like, ah, we don't give a fuck. Steal it. They're simply the best. Oh, man. They are better than all the rest, but damn. Wow. There's no such thing as a weaker sex. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back next week, not only with a top topic to be determined, but also, look, man, what's a fallout from... Double or nothing, afternoon of champions. Any good things that are going to be on the way? Are we going to, did we call it correctly earlier with the possible Usos and Bloodline new feud going forward? Are we going to maybe get Punk, his name actually out there? Are they going to try to keep it secret? The worst thing you could do is act kayfabe like it's not going to happen and then just make him show up. And it's like, just announce his name. It's not like he's been gone for seven years. We got a lot that we'll be unraveling, but hopefully we'll have a little more clarity into that. Plus, we'll get gangster like Martha Hart and (laughs) TK. It's like a couple old cowboys. I'm the professor. I bid you a farewell. He's ODM. He loves when you guys listen all the way to the end of the show because at that time he gets to tell you his favorite five words of the week. Take Claritin, you sniffling bitch. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!
Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and ODM, the Doc Joe Rizzo. Feel free to reach out to the show by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com on their Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. You can listen to the show on most popular platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. Without your continued support, it would be just some guys talking wrestling, which is pretty much what it is anyway. Good night, folks. Early yesterday, had to go to the chicken nugget farm. Oh, okay. And little John and I went, and he was like, hey, I got some uh, buddies that are going to be meeting up with that we're going to go and shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. I'll be there in time. And it's his one neighbor from across the street. There are these two Bosnian guys. One, his name is Arif. Red-headed with the biggest fucking mustache I've ever seen, but he was like, he was cool as fuck. Like he was like f- funny, nice guy, just real cool guy, chill guy. And then his brother, who's from Kentucky, <laughs> that's not even no, that's not even actually the bad part. Not bad, anything. It's not even where this is going. Is in a wheelchair, crippled. Oh, I can't like that. L- Lil Chris crippled. Would you just say? I can't make fun of that, or I can't laugh at that. Oh. Apparently, I'm gonna give it an eight. It, <laughs> apparently, it was uh, open season on this dude and his legs. John started it right away with like certain jokes. He goes, "Dude, why don't we just tie you to the back here in the jeep?" He goes, "And we just roll you along." I was like, "Yeah, like fucking uh, gleaming the cube." Yeah. Um, but then he said, uh, "Oh my god!" Like just the amount of jokes, like. I can't even hit him right now off the top of my head, but here's just a couple. Like, oh, you, uh, yeah, let's roll out. Well, one of us is. <laughs> um, I made a couple of good ones. My favorite one that I, what was the one I did that I was like, oh, I got out of the car. I go, y'all, my legs feel like they're asleep. Y'all ever have that problem? You ever feel that? Like, <laughs> it was just nonstop. But I mean, I'm talking like, He's like, oh man, if she comes home, or he goes, when I get home, man, she's gonna, she's gonna beat me. I'm like, just tell her to aim for the legs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just, dude. Everyone was just beating on this guy's legs. No pun intended, or pun intended. Yeah, I don't even right, know how the exactly. fuck you want to put that one, dude. Anyway. But I like was sitting in the back. Like at first, my jaw was just dropping. I was like, yo, I can't believe the amount of jokes. But then, oh my god, we get to the, the farm. 
we get to the thing, they're like, do you guys give half off dif- discounts? You know, only half his body works. Good wrestling day! Happy post-memorial day to you all, and happy June. Here we are. Fucking May just flew by, now we're in June, and hey man, I only got one month left in New York, and it has absolutely nothing really to do with wrestling, but yeah, I don't don't know where I was going with that. I'm way too high. I gotta start over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where I... I didn't have... I had nothing post-good wrestling day. (laughs) Hey God... You had me going. I thought you were just rolling with it. I can't. Give me a minute. I'm too high. 